You're listening to Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. Hi, this is Dr. Ann Goldberg, president of the National Lipid Association, and I'd like to welcome you to Lipid Luminations, hosted by Dr. Larry Caskell, presented by the National Lipid Association. My guest today is Dr. Melvin Rubenfire, professor of internal medicine, director of preventive cardiology at the University of Michigan. And we're going to talk about the effects of statins on preventing dementia. Dr. Rubenfire, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be with you. Well, as far as I've read over the years, the relationship between dementia and the use of statins is not extremely clear. There are some studies show a protective effect and there are others show not a protective effect. Tell me about one of the recent studies that you're aware of. My colleagues at the University of Michigan performed what's known as the SALSA study, a Sacramento area Latino study on aging. And their purpose was to identify whether or not lifestyle risk factors or coronary risk factors increase the risk of dementia over a period of years in a specific Latino population. The study began in about 1998, and 1,674 of these people over 60 years of age who had no evidence of dementia or cognitive impairment at uh, entry were followed with annual cognitive function tests. What kind of testing was done, just to ask? Well, very classically, the cognitive function tests included a mini mental status exam along with a standardized National Institute of Health stroke Alzheimer's disease tool. Okay, so it was an accepted tool. Standard testing and, of course, given in their native language, which Mm -hmm. is Spanish. The conclusion of this paper was based on the fact that they analyzed the data in relationship to these people having taken statins or not taken statins, which were prescribed by their family physicians. And in the 27% who were given statins over the developing five-year period of time, there was a very significant, nearly 50% reduction in the development of dementia or some cognitive impairment. And that was independent of the co-variables that they looked at. Now, that was a 50% relative risk reduction or 50% absolute risk reduction? Absolute. That's impressive. Right. What statins were used in the study? Each of the known statins. The dominant one was atorvastatin. Also, pretty much equal amounts of lovastatin, pravastatin, fluvastatin. So there was no controlling of the statin? There was no controlling for it. And in fact, they did not mention in the article whether or not there was any variation based on the specific statin. Dr. Ruben Fire, I have read numerous studies showing no effect on dementia, and in my personal practice, I have seen numerous cognitive effects in the negative for statins, and so I'm surprised by these results. Yeah, I think that just as you do, the literature is controversial as far as how to interpret it, Most of them are observational studies. There was one or two studies that I'm aware of that were actually designed to see the impact of statins on dementia, but these were people who had well-defined Alzheimer's disease, and those studies were essentially negative. The observational studies have the potential, of course, for selection bias, that patients given statins were perhaps more cognitively intact or physicians had some intuition about their mental status, even though they didn't formally assess it. So I don't think that the answer is in by any means. And I completely agree with your observation that we don't know. As a matter of fact, in the controlled studies, like in the studies of pravastatin in the elderly, there was no effect on dementia when Pravacol was used in the PROSPER study, which is a large study of the effects of pravastatin in the elderly. 
while the major goal is to look at reduction in cardiovascular event rate and total mortality, that study found no difference in incidence of dementia. But one would argue that that was not the study design, and they did not follow dementia with standard examinations. Even a, a recent article I read yesterday was saying that in the lab that you actually kill brain cells by adding a statin. So it's very strange when the media gets a hold of these articles and then all of a sudden the new word on the street is statins cure Alzheimer's. Well, there is an area that I think that most physicians don't really think through because they're not neurologists, they're not experts in Alzheimer's. And as a person interested in preventive cardiology and vascular medicine, I've come to appreciate through my colleagues in geriatrics as well as in neurology that this whole world of Alzheimer's, which we used to think occurred in young people and it was related with the amyloid uh, plaque, is part of a spectrum of dementia in which Mm -hmm. the terminology vascular dementia plays a major role. And that if you look at the risk factors for what was known as Alzheimer's, the lifestyle risk factors are very similar, smoking and associated illnesses of diabetes and chronic lung disease, each one of these things that we know is a risk factor for uh, hypertension and diabetes and so on are also risk factors for dementia. So while the statin hypothesis theoretically has some potential to reduce beta amyloid plaque, I think it's much more likely that that vascular dementia or that component of Alzheimer's disease, which has small vessel vascular involvement, might well play a role. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Lipid Luminations on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. My guest today is Dr. Melvin Rubenfire, professor of internal medicine and director of preventive cardiology at the University of Michigan. We're talking about statins for dementia. I think it is important to kind of ferret out the different labels and types of dementia. When I was in medical school, we talked a lot about multi-infarct dementia, which of course, followed the natural history of atherosclerosis because the little arteries were getting plugged up, just like the big arteries. And now it kind of seems like they've all been lumped into just this category called dementia, and people think, oh, it's Alzheimer's disease. I was taught Alzheimer's disease is a post-mortem diagnosis. So how are we even going to tell that statins are doing anything with an Alzheimer's patient until after they die? That's a good question, but what we were taught is probably not an acceptable definition today. You know, there are standard definitions, and the criteria include both the mental status exam, the psychometric exams, the general medical exam, the neurologic exam, and then the imaging studies that show, you know, some changes that are consistent with Alzheimer's or the multi-infarct dementia that you're talking about. But I think that what the people who wrote this article believe is that there is a difference between multi-infarct dementia in which you do see, in fact, multiple small infarcts, and these are people who've generally been hypertensive and had atherosclerotic disease, that that multi-infarct dementia is different than what would be called small vessel disease, where endothelial dysfunction of the microvasculature is occurring and not necessarily occlusion of uh, 100 micron vessels, which may be the source of the multi-infarct dementia group. So there may be a difference. You know, I think that these clearly must overlap. I mean, there's just no question that there's no way that they can make a very exact diagnosis, at least with today's technologies. Can we talk a little bit about the individual statins and their fat-soluble properties and how that might affect which ones can actually penetrate the brain and have an effect? There's a theoretical advantage to fat-soluble statins that can then cross 
cell membranes. But actually, the statins don't cross the blood-brain barrier regardless. So while there's a theoretical advantage, as far as I know, the statins don't actually enter the brain as a whole molecule. So, you know, when we have people that have CNS side effects from the statin, how do you explain those? Well, I think that the CNS side effects, well, let's see, the peripheral neuropathic changes, I believe. Why people get sleep disorders or some psychiatric symptoms that we're hearing about periodically, I don't know. I don't know whether it's the rapid change in LDL cholesterol or the drugs themselves. I really couldn't tell you. Follow-up question would be, if the statin is not even getting into the brain, how is it causing its effect? Is it a pleiotropic effect? Is it an anti-inflammatory effect and having nothing to do with lipids? Yeah, I think that's exactly the hypothesis that people are generating, that the pleiotropic effects of the statins. First, you have the LDL lowering effect, which might help endothelial function of the microvasculature as well as the macrovasculature, reducing what you were talking about, microembolic phenomenon. And then the anti-inflammatory and potentially antioxidant effects would be the next layer. And I think that the people who believe in the antioxidant hypothesis think that that's quite probable or possible. So the SALSA study seems promising, but would it be nice, I think it would be nice, to have an actual primary prevention trial, specifically with one drug and perhaps one dose, and see if it plays out again? I do. I think it would be absolutely essential to do a study in in middle-aged to elderly people, a long-term study, and people without a significant or without any cognitive impairment at baseline, probably with some risk factors so that the study isn't just coming out of the blue, and whether or not it should be placebo-controlled or dose-controlled, I don't know. I think it's maybe better to use low-dose versus high-dose with the analysis predicated on the primary analysis being looking at dose as well as some LDL target. That's the problem we have with the statin world right now. You know, is it the dose or is it the target mm-hmm. LDL? So I think if we were to see a study designed, I'd like to see it designed by, with both methods in mind, that it have a dose response as well as an LDL target so that we could then identify, in fact, is it the drug or is it the LDL target? Dr. Rubenfire, some of the literature I've read has stated that in people over the age of 50, their mortality increases as their cholesterol level decreases. And so if we're putting patients on a statin in their 60s and 70s and lowering their cholesterol, we might be very good at lowering their cholesterol, but we're going to increase their mortality. Any thoughts on that? I think that what you're referring to is the idea that as you get older, the risk attributable to the cholesterol hypothesis begins to drop, and that's because as you age, if you live with a certain cholesterol level, it becomes less important. But if you take the 20-year outcome of people 50, and you look at their 20-year outcome, actually, if you look at the life expectancy up to 90, there's some very interesting projections based on available data that having no risk factors, your likelihood of developing vascular disease over your lifetime of 40 years, if you assume that there could be as much as a 40-year life expectancy in a 50-year-old, it's only about 8% over that 40-year period of time. But one uncontrolled risk factor, and you jump to 30%. Two to three uncontrolled risk factors, you jump to 50 to 75%. So in the elderly, while it's true that it seems like there is a U-shaped curve, 
the data that I'm interpreting and the data that I've seen all suggest that the statin hypothesis for treating vascular disease and prevention in the elderly still holds. Any studies that have been done showing that the lower cholesterol is associated with increasing risk has to be adjusted for cancers that are existing in those people and many other variables that I think are not at all clear. Well, Dr. Melvin Rubenfire from the University of Michigan, thank you very much for coming on Lipid Luminations. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Lipid Luminations, presented by the National Lipid Association. For more information, please visit www.lipid.org. Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. This Reach MD program is featured on Sermo, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.sermo.com. That's S E R M O.com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.